Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Just so honored and so blessed to be here with you. And I wanted to um, thank Pastor Jordan for inviting us. It's just a real blessing. I, I uh, am humbled by the invitation, grateful for the invitation. And uh, we don't take it lightly wherever we are asked to minister. So I am just humbled and blessed, and, and I'm not an expert in anything. I've just learned some things along the way, as many of you have. And I'm hopeful that some things that we talk about over the next couple of days will be helpful to you. And like he said, I think it was excellent what he just said. You know, it's one thing you can hear the Word of God, but it's another thing to do it. And that's an entirely different thing. Um, so I'm excited about this weekend and excited about what God has um, uh, put in my heart to teach. And I want to thank Mom and Dad Jacobs for really setting the example for us, uh, for me and my wife, to follow. And uh, it's just such a blessing. You know, I remember uh, over 30 years ago coming to Church on the Rock, I was on this on that side, sitting there, listening to... Uh, Dr. Jacobs, at the time he was my pastor, and uh, teaching on family. And I remember sitting there, just like it was yesterday, sitting there thinking, I don't know what it means to be a man. I don't know what it means to be a husband. I don't know what it means to be a dad. I am all three. And feeling so inadequate. You know, just feeling like, my gosh, everything he's talking about, I have no clue. You know, because let's face it, you know, when we grow up, and this is not, of course, a, a slam on our parents, but growing up, that's all the example we have. You know, you have example if you play sports, you have example growing up in your home. You have people that you respect maybe that are in front of you that you're exposed to growing up, and that's not always the best example, right? I mean, that's all we know is what we've seen. That's all we know is what we've experienced. And so we take all those types of things that we learn and we bring that right into marriage. Or we bring it right into a relationship. And so this message tonight that I'm talking about, it applies to everybody, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're going to be married, it applies to everybody. Amen. And so that that way we are right now, if you're not married right now, Think about that. If you're not married, you want to be married, or maybe you're divorced, you want to get remarried, or whatever the case may be. Right. Amen. Amen. The way you are right now is what you bring into a marriage. Right. The way you are right now is what you bring into a relationship. Right. And that's a fact. You don't become a different person when you get married. Yeah. How many of y'all know you are that person? Yeah. Praise God. And that's why what he just preached is so valuable. I remember sitting there and, and thinking about all the different things that he was preaching on. And I was thinking, well, I don't do that. And, well, I don't do that. And I don't do that. And yeah, I need to change this. And just walking away feeling like, my God, do I do anything right? <laughs> I mean, that's the way I felt. Right. Amen. And this is not a slam against my parents because all they know to do was what they learned. Right? right? Yeah. But my point is there's a better way. So no matter where we are in our walk with God or where we are in our marriage, it can get better. You know, no matter how many years you've been married. I've been married 31 years, been married 32 years this, this year. Amen. 
And my wife, you know, she will probably be the first one to tell you that I'm a really, really good husband. <laughs> I learned from Miss Donna and them. You know, he said it was. <laughs> so she would probably tell you that I'm a really good husband. But she would also tell you that there are times that I'm a rascal. And there are times that uh, I was hard to deal with. But I thank God, amen, that we grew together. And that we come to church, not just to check the box off. We come to church to really listen, like he was talking about. A heart being open, ready to hear the word of God, but ready to do. Not thinking that we've already, we already know all about this. I've been married pastor now longer than you have. What are you going to be able to tell me? See, that's the wrong attitude. Or, you know, uh, you know, whatever attitude that we have. And we need to be open to the Word of God. If you're not open to the Word of God, then this is not going to help you. Amen. Praise God. But I can tell you, well, my wife and I, we've had any issues that we've ever had. Those difficult moments. What caused us to get through those moments was the foundation that we set. It was the foundation that helped us get through whatever we were pressing through. And so I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, how do I start this? I mean, when you're talking about relationships, marriage, raising kids, dating, you know, I mean, that's a big subject. And I'm not complaining. I'm thankful that I have these three sessions and then one at tomorrow night. Praise God with the men. But I'm thankful. And I asked the Lord, what do you want me to talk about? He said, start with the foundation. So that's what we're going to do. So let's look in our Bibles, and I'm going to pray in Psalms. 127, we're going to begin there. Praise God. So again, this message applies to all of us. And so, Father, we're grateful tonight and thankful for Pastor Jordan for inviting us. Thankful for Mom and Dad Jacobs for setting the right example before us. Thank you for this wonderful church. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and His help tonight for me to be able to say what needs to be said, to speak what needs to be spoken. And I pray for your people that their hearts will be open. That their hearts will be open to receive and to do your word. It is a great honor to be here. And I thank you for anointing me to be able to speak forth this word. And I give you all the praise and glory. I ask that you think through my mind and speak through my mouth. And may it be all of you and none of me. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin in Psalms 127. And this is, of course, a familiar passage of Scripture. It says in verse 1, it says, Except the Lord, the word except means unless, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Now I want you to see this, go back and it says, Except the Lord build. The word build there, of course, is, it's a pretty you know, familiar word to us. It means to construct. It also means to establish. And get a hold of this. Except the Lord establish. Except the Lord build. It also means set up. It also means a continual process of building or to rebuild. So it says, except or unless the Lord build, construct, establish, or reestablish, or rebuild, it's in vain. Now it's interesting because this word house is a very broad word in the Hebrew. This word house means family. It means individual. Amen. So it would apply to all of us. 
It means marriage. It means relationships. So it says, except or unless the Lord build the relationship. The one that you're wanting to get involved with. Unless the Lord builds that relationship or if unless it's founded on the Lord, what you're building is in vain. Now you got to get a hold of it. This is the, this is the launching pad for what we're going for where we're going tonight. Are you with me? The most important part of any structure is the foundation, because the foundation is the key to security. The foundation is going to be what what stabilizes things. The foundation in our life, Amen, is what keeps that structure strong. When pressure comes, when situations comes, when opportunities come. When things come against us. He said, unless the Lord builds the person, builds the relationship, builds the marriage, builds the family. So you have to ask yourself this question. Is God building your life? Is God involved in what you're building? Do we even involve God in what we're doing? Do we even ask God about the things that we're building? Do we involve Him at all in the building of our life? Or are we just trying to do what we think is right? Amen. Because the foundation is the most important. And notice he said, unless God does this thing, he said they labor in vain. The word vain there in the Hebrew means deception, to be deceived. It means trusting in emptiness. Trusting in emptiness and worthless. In other words, if God's not the architect for building your life, marriage, family, or a relationship, then anything else would, that we trust in besides God and besides His Word would be a deception, would be empty, and worthless. That's what he's saying. You can have a life without God, but you can't have a blessed life without God. You can have a marriage without God, but you can't have a blessed marriage without God. You can have a family without God, but you can't have a blessed family without God. You have to do it God's way. And we live in a world right now that's doing all it can to destroy the foundation that God established. The world today is trying to redefine what a marriage looks like, what a family unit looks like. And the world is doing all it can to redefine, to, uh, to, to cause the pressure to get on believers, to accept the status quo, to accept what the world is trying to pump to us. Amen. Trying to redefine what a marriage is really supposed to look like, what a family unit is really supposed to look like, what a person is supposed to look like. Amen. Psalms 11.3, it says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So the enemy right now is trying to destroy the foundation that God established in His Word. All that you see today is not, it's a reflective of the kingdom of darkness coming against marriages, coming against individuals, coming against relationships to redefine. To tell you that you're out of touch. To redefine what a family really looks like. And because this pressure is real... It's a real pressure against families and against our, and against our children. 
Because this pressure is real and this pressure is on our children, it demands, right? It demands a response. It demands a response out of us. We cannot idly sit by and let the world define what a relationship looks like. We cannot sit by and let, let the world define what a marriage looks like or what a family unit looks like or what a relationship looks like. We cannot be moved from foundation regardless of pressure. And that's what's happening a lot of times even in the Christian families today. The foundation is being shook. The foundation is being attacked because the enemy knows that if I affect the foundation, I affect the home. If I can get enough pressure on the man, get enough pressure on the woman, get enough pressure coming against this family, then over a period of time, if they will not respond to the pressure, I will crack this foundation. And when I crack this foundation, I'll be able eventually to redefine what it really is. And then all of a sudden now our belief systems begin to change. Where we really believe the family looks like this, but because of the pressure that's under us, now we're starting to say, well, it could be this way. Or I I, I was born a male, but I don't know, maybe I'm a girl. Or I'm a girl and maybe I'm a boy. And, you know, I really have these tendencies. And maybe I was just born wrong. And see, that's what I'm talking about. It's over a long period of time that the enemy subtly comes in and attacks our family, attacks our marriages with the pressure of the world for you and I to give in to that pressure. And we cannot. If we're going to do this thing God's way and have relationships and develop relationships and have a solid marriage and raise our children right, we can only do it by the Word of God. There is no other foundation that guarantees you success than doing it God's way. You can build a marriage, but you can't have a blessed marriage without God. You can build a family, but you're not going to have a blessing without God. You can have all kinds of problems. Eventually. Amen. There are two principal foundations that God uses to build every life, every marriage, every family, and every relationship. One, number one is what he talked about, the knowledge of God's word. You want to know how God's going to build your marriage and your home and your life? On the word of God. And then number two is exactly what he was preaching is being a doer of the word. That's how God builds your life. You've got to get to a place. 30 years ago, when I sat there listening to Dr. Jacobs preach on family, my wife and I made a decision. I made a decision that the, her and I both made a decision that the Word of God is going to be the way we treat one another, the way we talk to one another, the way we act toward one another. It is going to guide our life, guide the way we raise our kids, that we're not going to let the school pressure us to raise our kids the way they want. It's going to be the Word of God that we go to as the manual for life to build a marriage, a family, and a home. And it doesn't matter what the pressures are that come against us. We will not bow to those pressures. We will stay with the Word of God. And you know, for all these years, we've done our best to do that. My kids raising kids, I've got three girls. My youngest is 26. My oldest is 36. And so we have children. I got grandchildren. And in all those times, there were pressure on us, even as pastors, for our kids to do this and do that and get into sports and get into this and get into that. And I told our girls, I said, listen, if you can do sports outside of Wednesday and Sunday and it's not care- and I'm not carrying you all over the city, I'm all for it. Because let's face it, you're not going to be on ESPN anyway. 
You're not going to be on ESPN and you're not, that's not your career. That's not the way you're going to go. So I'm not going to put that appetite and fill that appetite all day long with this worldly stuff and cause you to go in a different direction. Well, there was pressure on us, but I don't care. I'm not going to move from the foundation because unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. You can build it, but it's in vain. It's emptiness. It's worthless. Doesn't mean anything. Hallelujah. And I know people say, well, yeah, but pastor, you know, you know, we want our kids to be involved. Well, they can be involved. But when it starts eroding foundation and when it starts to touch foundation, that's where we got to draw a line. You can do that. But right now you're, you're starting to affect foundation. We can't have that because this is what we're going to build your life on. We're not building your life on sports. We're not building your life on uh, something else. We're building it on the word of God. So we got to keep you back on this foundation. We got to keep you in the local church. If there's something going on at the school, something going on at the church, you're going to be at the church. The church is the priority in your life. Why? Because we wanted our kids to be surrounded by their future. We wanted them to be surrounded by what God had for them. And a lot of times parents don't realize what you surround your kids with. You're getting a, a picture of their future and what they're going to go after. The enemy don't tell you that. You start putting certain things around them, they start reaching for that instead of reaching for God and His best. Why? Because we're building wrong foundation. Well, praise the Lord. So it says, except the Lord built the house. Is the Lord building what you're doing? Is He involved in what you're doing? That relationship or that guy or that girl that you seemingly like, are they even involved with God? Are they reaching for God? Are they reaching for God's best? What kind of foundation do they have? Is my marriage, the way I'm raising my kids, is it in line with the Word of God or is it in line with culture and in line with tradition? Everything we see right now in, in, the, in the world today is a manifestation of the failure of the church. Because the church didn't preach the Word, the church not preaching the Word, so then we have all sorts of other options that we adapt and we bring into our life. Amen. Now look at this in Luke 6. So we're talking about foundations first. I got a lot of strong things to say, but I believe you're going to be able to handle it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you getting some help? Foundations. Foundations. And You know, people mean well. Sometimes we just make some bad mistakes. We make some bad choices. We all have. But we got to think about what am I building my family on? What am I really building my family? Am I really starting by building my life? Am I in the word? Am I really a doer of the word? Or am I just kind of going through this thing? Am I really building my marriage on the word? Am I really praying for my wife? Am I really praying for my husband? Am I really washing her with the water of the word? Am I really being a friend? Am I really kind? Am I really gentle? Do I really care? Or am I just married? What am I building? Because the Word of God, if I'm building my life on the Word of God, it's going to require a response out of me toward her. If I'm a doer of the Word, it requires a response. I've got to respond to her based on what foundation says. If I'm really walking with God. 
So if I'm really walking with God and I'm walking with him, he's talking to me. Then he's not only talking to me about me, but he's talking to me about her. And he's talking to me about my kids. And he's talking to me about my future. And he's talking to me about decisions. Because really when I'm building the foundation of the word of God on my life, here's a good point. The word of God has weight in your life. And when the word of God has weight in your life, it's weighty in your decisions. You're thinking about foundations before you make a decision to do this with your family. You're thinking about foundation before you're going to do this with your marriage. Foundation is consuming you. Am I really building a foundation that my kids can now build on and take it beyond that? Or did I start out building a foundation and, and all of a sudden, you know, it starts to erode. We start to get involved in other things. The foundations begin to change. Things are starting to shake. We're not really realizing what things are shaking. We're not realizing that this foundation is starting to shift and is starting to rebuild something else. Because we went away from foundation. See, if I'm walking with God, it requires a response. And he's going to talk to me about my commitment. He's going to talk to me about my prayer life. He's going to talk to me about my spiritual life. He's going to talk to me about my family. He's going to talk to me about priorities. He's going to talk to me about time. He's going to talk to me about all these things. Because it has to do with foundation. And the word. Are you with me? Now look at this in Luke chapter 6. And it says here, uh, I want you to see this. This is really good. It says in verse 46, and it says, And why you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not the things I say. Now, I want you to see this. He said, why? So, in other words, they were calling him, you are my Lord. Well, the word Lord in the Greek means one you're submitted to. I'm submitted to you. You are my Lord. He said, why do you call me Lord and you do not? The word do there in the Greek means to agree. It means to band together. It means to abide. It means commitment. And it means continue. And then the word say there means to join yourself to the word of God and what it says. So Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, the one you're submitted to, but you don't agree, commit, and continue to join and bind your life to my word? Why do you call me something I'm not? Why are you saying I am your Lord, the one you're submitted to, but you don't raise your kids in line with the word? Why do you say I'm the one that you're submitted to, but you're not binding the word in your life? You're not becoming part of that word. What is God's really intention for all of us? For us to become like the Word. For us to bind ourselves around the Word. So that the Word, we begin to look like the Word. Our decisions look like the Word. The way we treat people looks like the Word. The way we talk looks like the Word. The way we treat our mate looks like the Word. Why do you think the Word of God has been given to us? For foundation of life. So that we will take this book, just like Pastor Jordan said, we will take this book and allow this book to become flesh and manifestation in our life. So he's saying, why do you call me something I am not? And then the next few verses, 
he talks about foundation. And I want to read this for lack of time here. I want to lead, uh, to save some of my time. I want to read this in the Amplified, verse 47 through 49. And it says, For everyone who comes to me and listens to my word, what Pastor Jordan was saying, in order to heed their teaching and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug and went uh, down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. Well, the rock is a revealed word of God. And when a flood arose and the torrent broke against that house, now the word house there means home, individual, family, or marriage, and could not shake it because it had been securely built or founded on a rock or the revealed word of God. So this person heard the word of God, they said, yes, I see your word, and I see your word is right, regardless of the pressure that I'm facing. It is the right thing, and I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to apply your word to my life. He said that person is a wise person who built the foundation of their life, their marriage, their home on the revealed word of God. But he who merely hears and does not practice my my doing my words, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation against which the torrent burst and immediately it collapsed and fell and the breaking and ruin of that house was great. And notice in both cases, the house got built. But notice this. You don't know which one laid the foundation on the word until the storm comes. So in other words, I can look at both homes and both homes look the same. They both got built. Storms reveal what you build your life on. Storms that came. They beat against the house that that founded on the word and they didn't fall. Then the other person that just heard the word of God, they were present like what Pastor Jordan said. They were present, but they didn't do the word. They let their emotions. They let their thoughts. They let pressure. They let culture. They let all these different things determine what they were going to do. And it says this person, they built their house, but their house had no foundation. Then when the pressure came against that person that heard the word, yet wouldn't do the word, it said when the pressure came, it fell and great was the fall of this house. So you only have two foundations. One is God and one's yourself. Right? Because he only points out two. And both of them got built. So you can build something without God. But you can't have God's blessing on something without him building it. Are you with me? So the first person built their life, their marriage, and their family on obedience to do the word of God. And because their choice, and because of their choice, because what they chose to do, when the storms come, they were able to withstand the enemy's attacks. The second person heard the word of God but did not obey the word of God. Instead, they followed their soulish mindset. You can build something in your mind and you'll have to live with it. They build it in their mind. They build it out of that soulish realm. This is what I think success is going to be. This is what we're going to do. I know pastor said that, but. I know pastor preached that, but there's another option. No, there's not. See, your, your soul and the mindset now is trying to get its way. And your soul wants to do it its way. It doesn't want to do it the God's way. But there's no power doing it your way. 
There's no power to withstand the attacks when the attacks come when you do it your way or if I do it my way. No, it's building my life. It's, it's coming to a place that you, you make a decision. See, you got to get to a place that you make a decision. That God's word and what it says is what you're going to do. Think about it this way. God is not trying to control your life. He's trying to fortify your life against the coming attacks. The storms and the trials and the pressures. What he's trying to say is, listen, son, daughter, if you will listen to me and you will do what my word says, you will, be, you will stop allowing your soul to guide and guard or to control you. If you'll listen to my word and you'll do my word, I will fortify your life so that when the pressures of life come, you won't be a statistic. Fortifying your life does not keep the pressures from coming. But it, but it, 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 it fortifies you and it builds you and it equips you for when those times do come. My wife and I have had, like you, my wife and I have had many storms. We have many pressures. We, we, just like you, we've had many opportunities to do something else. But we made a decision over 30 years ago that we're going to build our life and our marriage and our family on the Word of God so that when these times do come, we're going to know what to do. And it doesn't matter what family A does or family B does, who comes, who goes. What matters is, is what I do and what she does with the Word of God. Amen. And it's not hearing. They were both present. Both of these people were present. It's not hearing the Word of God that builds your life. It's the doing of the Word that builds your life. I would hear the Word of God. Dr. Jacobs would preach the Word of God. And I'd go home and say, well, you know, praise God, we got to do that. i got to make this decision. I wasn't arguing with it. I didn't tell my wife. I know Dr. Jacobs said that or Pastor Michael at the time. I know Pastor Michael said that. But, you know, we just got a lot of pressure right now. You know, I know he said that. But, you know what, we just can't do that right now. See, that's that soul pulling you back down. Instead of saying, no, God's word is final authority. You've got to get to a place in your life where the word of God becomes final authority. It addresses your behavior. How you talk to people. How you treat people. What you think. How you think. Amen. And that's what we made a decision 31 years ago. We're going to build our life. And we're not perfect. But we're going to build our life on the word of God. We begin to take scriptures and put on the, you know, we would put on the refrigerator for our kids. When we come to this church, our kids were young. And we, we took and he had rules and he talked about rules. We would take them on. We put them on the refrigerator. This is the way we're going to live our life. And when they messed up, we would take them to the refrigerator. We'd take them to the word of God. And it says, thou shalt not lie. What did you do? I lied. Foundation says correction. Foundation said we can't let this go on. Foundation said we have to respond to this behavior. So we would correct our children. What are we doing? Building our life on the word of God. Building our life. Building our family. Building our marriage on the word of God. We weren't perfect parents. We're not perfect parents. But you know what? When we made a mistake, foundation says repent. 
So we let foundation tell us we have to repent. Honey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have talked to you. Have I been a perfect husband? Are you kidding me? No. I've had, I, she's, had, she's had times where I've been irritable. There have been times where I'd had to say, honey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have talked to you that way. I'm sorry about that. And you know what she says? I forgive you. She doesn't lift her head up and walk in the other bedroom or make me pay. Immediately, if I say, honey, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Now, it may take a little bit for her emotions to get worked out because maybe I'd done something that was pretty, you know. I don't, can't really think of anything. <laughs> Just saying. And there have been times where she's had to come and say, honey, I'm sorry. And you know what I say? I forgive you. I don't go, well, let me just say this. And let me just say that. And furthermore, you remember what you did last week? Well, I thought you forgave me. Well, I'm just bringing it up. No, if you forgave me, you should be bringing it up. See, that's what happens in a marriage. All of a sudden, we want to grab into the future and act like the devil, or in the past and act like the devil. Because he's the only one that brings up the past. God never uses your past. So when we get, begin to want to tear each other up by our past, we're acting like the devil. Because that's what he does. He uses your past against you. Right? Trying to help you all tonight. Instead of going, let me just tell you, you remember what you did last week? Uh-uh, God forgave me. And you said you forgave me. Evidently, you did it. You forgave me. Because foundation says forgive. I'm sitting there like you listening to the word of God. It says the foundation said to forgive. I had to forgive. Foundation said that we need to walk in the love of God. Foundation says we need to tithe and we need to give. See, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14, Jesus. And that word is supposed to be a manifestation in your life. It's supposed to, as we act on it, begin to manifest in our life the word of God. The way we treat one another, the way we talk to one another. And being kind one toward another. Giving to one another. Amen. The word is supposed to influence every aspect of our life as we keep working that word. If you allow God's word to have final authority in your life, then it will influence your decisions. You won't find yourself at the ball field. You'll find yourself at the church. You won't find yourself doing things you shouldn't be doing. Amen. Because you're making decisions that affect not only you, but affect your family. Amen. When the word of God has final authority in your life, it affects your decisions. It affects who you hang out with. It affects associations. Who you hang out with, who you don't hang out with. Where you go, where you don't go. When you're building a foundation, you can't go where some people want to go. When you're building a foundation, you can't hang with people that other people can hang with. That's going to mess up your foundation. You have to watch your associations. You have to watch where you go. You have to watch who you talk to. You have to watch how you live. Because you're letting the word of God have weight in your life. I don't know about you, but if I do anything wrong, God immediately convicts me. Because God's word has weight in my life. And I say, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent of that, and I I want to make that right. Because the foundation of my life, it influences my decisions. 
It influences how it influenced us when we came to this church and we remember this church. I hung out with Brother Les. He's a wonderful friend of mine, Brother Dale and, the, and Gehrings back here and others. Very few. But it, it affected who I was with. Brother Les, whenever we would get together, we'd go fishing together. We'd do different things together. But him and I, when we get together, it's iron sharpening iron. He was going in the same direction I'm going. He's not building something else and I'm building this. No, we're together. We're moving in this thing together. It affected my decisions. I could no longer, not that I'm better than nobody, but I can no longer go do what they're doing because foundation says we can't do that. We can't go there. Can't hang out with these kind of people no more. Hallelujah. Can't go there no more. Because of the way they talk, the way they act, the way they treat my pastor, what they say, how they say, what they say, who they're around. Can't do that no more. I'm building a foundation. I don't need no cracks. Who you hang out with, how you live, what you watch on TV when nobody else is around. And what you do, it's all about building this foundation of your life. It's all about foundation. Jesus gave us an example. He said, that person that hears my word of God and does it, he's going to be blessed. Storms will come. He'll come on the outside. He'll get on the other side of that. He's going to be a blessed person. He'll leave an inheritance. This person here listens to the word of God and they go away and do something else. They'll build the house. But eventually when the storms come, it will not stand. Praise God. Building foundation. Had a guy in my church, just a young guy in my church. He said, Pastor, I want to ask you. He said, Pastor, I want to ask you a question. He called me up on the phone. He said, I've been talking to this girl. Well, this girl don't go to my church. He said, I've been talking to this girl, but I really want to know, do you think God would really hook me up with some, Tim, talking about foundation?" He said, you think God would really uh, hook me up with a, a, a girl outside the church? I said, well, tell me about her. Well, she's such and such religion, and she's this and she's that. Well, it was, you're not even in the same field, brother. You're, you're in a baseball field. She's on a football field. I mean, we're not even in the same planet here. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Here's my question. I didn't say foundation, but this was. I said, what's the word say about it? See, what am I doing? Taking him back to foundation. What's foundation say? Well, so really what you're doing is you're calling me to see if I have a different counsel other than what foundation says because you're just a good guy. And I said, well, let me just tell you what the word says. I said, the word says, do not be unequally yoked with a non-believer or an unbeliever. Now, that's somebody that's not born again, but that's also somebody that don't believe like you. I said, so let's just take this little walk down this trail. He said, okay. And I said, let's say that you meet this foo-foo girl, and she comes to church, and let's just say she tells you for a season, oh, I love it, it's great. And all of a sudden, because you didn't really get to know her, you threw your heart at her already. So you're going to overlook a lot of issues that I'm not going to overlook. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's inviting you over to her church. 
And let's just say you guys get married. I said, when you get married, the first thing you're going to try to figure out, where you want to go to church. She's raised this way. You're raised this way. You got division from day one. How's that going to work? And I said, I just happen to know where she goes to church is extremely religious. They don't believe in speaking another tongue. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in signs and wonders. And you want to get hooked up with that? I said, what does the word say? Listen, you ain't going to, typically. Now, I know this could happen, but not generally. You're not going to meet your mate at the mall. Or you're pumping gas one day and you close eyes to someone and you click and there she is. Or you're washing your car and she comes by. Generally, it's going to be in the same place with like faith or a church like that, amen, that God's going to hook you up with. What he's trying to do, I said, I said his name. I said, listen, what you're trying to do is take a square and put it in a round hole. And that don't work. I said, because you're not following foundation. You're not following what the Word of God says. What would happen in our life if the Word of God was final authority? What does the Word of God say? Is that what we keep saying? What does the Word say? What does the Word say? What does the Word say? Are you with me tonight? And he said, you know what, Pastor? It's not worth it, is it? I said, no. And you know what he said? No compromise. I said, that's right. I said, when you compromise, you're settling for less than God's best. You're compromising. Just because you're lonely. To get you a puppy. Do something. But don't just, don't just go out anybody just because they look good. They give you attention, yeah. He goes, well, Pastor, there just really ain't any girls in the church. I said, the church is growing all the time, man. I said, they may not be here now, but won't you believe God they're coming? Why do you got to believe you're going to find them at a filling station? Are you going to find them somewhere else? Or are you going to hang out at the mall and see when she comes by? I said, won't you believe God for the younger people, more younger people to come? Well, I think that's what I'm going to do. I said, that's smart. That's what you need to do. See, he wasn't willing to compromise. Compromise your foundations. Well, praise the Lord. You know, my daughter Stephanie, she's 20, or no, she ain't 26, she's 31, or 30. Is she 30? Well, she's 30 years old. And she's still single. She's available. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? When Stephanie was 14, 15 years old, she made a decision that she would keep herself. She would not compromise. There were years, not days, years. She went without friends. Her Friday nights were with me and mom. And Saturday nights and Sunday nights. All her nights. But when, and the weekend when the kids were out doing that, she would because she wouldn't compromise. And she went through so much persecution and so much whatever, but she just stayed the course and stayed the course and stayed the course because of foundation. She's kept herself clean. She's kept herself right. And she's still 30 years old and single. But you know what she told me? She said, Dad, I would rather stay single and die single than make a mistake. And I said, well, baby, you're not going to die single. 
She's believing God. Amen. But my point is, is the foundation. See, when you start moving away from foundation, you invite all kind of other things into your life, into your home, into your situation. Because you're compromising foundation. And I told her, I said, he's coming in Jesus' name. But the very moment you start to compromise, you start eroding. And when you compromise, you start eroding foundation. And eventually, you'll find yourself making decisions you never would have. You're compromising now when you never would have compromised because of pressure. But you'll stay with the word of God. It'll be worth it. It's just like in a marriage. People come see me all the time in marriage. And all they want to do is blame each other. I know none of you ever do that. But all they want to do is blame each other. And I sit down with couples, no matter what they are. I say, well, let me ask you a question. What do you believe in? What, 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 you know, I happen to know you're not, you're not very faithful to come to church. Well, pastor, you know, we're, we got this going on. We got that going on. We got this going on. And I said, well, you know what? Nothing is ever going to change until you change. Nothing's going to change. It's going to keep being this way because you've laid a different foundation than what God told you to lay. Now the pressures are coming against your family and it's starting to crumble. That's exactly what he said in Luke chapter 6. I happen to know you don't pray. You're not praying. You're not in the Word. You, don't, you only come to church when it's convenient for you. And you wonder why the marriage is not where it needs to be. You wonder why there's no passion no more for you and your wife. You wonder why there's no zeal. You wonder why there's no vision. You wonder why what's happened to me, what's happened to my family. It's all starting to crumble all around me. Because you've gotten away from foundation. You've gotten away from what God said. So you're out of His reach. And the enemy is now operating in your mind, operating in your kids, operating in your wife, operating in your husband, operating behind the scenes. Because you're not holding fast to the word. What are you believing, brother? Well, you know, Pastor, I'm just really not believing much. I'm not making fun of that. I said, that's what you're going to get. Nothing much. Now, I love you, and I'll tell you what you need to do, and I'll tell you how to rebuild. Because remember, part of that is to rebuild. Let's the Lord build or rebuild the house, which means he can rebuild. I've had people on the verge of divorce and all kind of marital issues and now in love with each other, helping one another and vibrant and, and flowing. But they made a decision to get back to the word, to get back to foundation, to get back to what Jesus said a family and a marriage ought to look like. And all of a sudden, things start changing all around them. They're more faithful. They have more joy. They got more peace. Their bodies get in divine order. Their life gets in divine order. Their children. Things start happening for them. Instead of just giving up and quitting. Because you got some pressure. Or because things aren't going. Well, Pastor, I messed too much up. No, you haven't. That's a lie from the devil. It's a lie. It's not true. God can forgive you, and if your mate can forgive you, you can rebuild anything. That's why I said, unless the Lord build or rebuild. So God can rebuild just as great as he can build. He can repair things. You may be here tonight and thinking you don't even want to be married. You could have those thoughts going through your mind because you got pressure on you tonight. You got pressure on your marriage. You got pressure with your family. You better get rid of those thoughts. 
say, no, wait a minute here. Why am I thinking this way? Why am I responding this way? And you'll find that you've gotten away from this. And you just got to say, Father, I'm sorry. I repent right now in the name of Jesus. Get a hold of my mind. Get a hold of me, Father. I repent. I want to be right with you. I want you to rebuild my marriage. I want you to put the fire and the passion back into my marriage. Just like it was when I first met this person. I spent so much time with them and I invested so much into them. That's what happens. We stop investing. We stop investing into the one we say we love. We just assume they know we love them. What well, does that line up with foundation? No. This is to be kind, to love one another, to walk in the love of God, to be a giver, to give love, to give kindness. We could just live together. It's like, help me, Lord, I'm married. I just live with this person. I go to work every day. I come home. I eat the same thing. We talk about the same thing, or we don't talk. I go to bed. Nothing ever changes. It's just this. What's happened? What's happened to this? I've gotten away from this. Gotten away from what God told me to do. And there's no fire. And all of a sudden, someone else seems to be more appealing. Someone else seems to interrupt this race. And all of a sudden, my guards are now laid down. And all of a sudden, my ears are now open to other things. Where before, I'm all in. What happened? You can rebuild it. Say, we're not lost. We can rebuild it. You may be single here tonight. All of a sudden, you've drifted so far away from God. You can rebuild it. You can rebuild that relationship. You can rebuild it. It don't have to stay that way. Hallelujah. No matter where you are. It's so easy to get familiar. It's so easy to get familiar. The great, one of the greatest sins in the church is the sin of familiarity. Because the word familiar means to be common of no real value. And if we're not careful, we can go through life that way. We used to sow into one another. We used to do good things for one another. We used to be, you know, surprise one another with things. I told Dr. Jacobs the other day, I said, I make it a point. I try to do it every day to make my wife laugh. Do something silly. Just make her laugh. I want our life to be enjoyable. I don't want us to get older. I'm only 55. I'm young. I got a lot of years in front of me. And I don't want us as we grow, I don't want us to grow apart. I want us to continue to grow together and continue to love one another and continue to move into what God has for us. You know how that's going to happen? Without moving the foundation. Staying in the foundation. Loving her the way the foundation says. Repenting where I need to. Changing where I need to. I'm not perfect. But I'm doing all I can to keep the foundation strong. I've got girls looking at me, my girls. I've got members of my church looking at me. I've got people that are looking at me for an example. It's too much on the line. To allow the enemy to come in and erode the foundation. And destroy what God is trying to build. Hallelujah. 
Well, Pastor, how come I don't? And I need to. I'm almost out of time. But how, how do I? How do I? Not just exist with this person. Well, ask yourself this: How much do you give to them? How much do you give to them? How many times do you just say, "Honey, you know, I just want to. I just want to take you out. I just want to take you out, and we're going to go do this, or just a surprise." What, 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 what are you doing to invest? You did it before you got married. You know she wouldn't have married you if you wouldn't have invested in her. You just didn't show up. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I just love you. I want to marry you. No, you stayed up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning talking on the telephone and then get about 3 or 4 hours of sleep and go to work all day and do the same thing day after day after day to try to, what did you do to win her? What did you do to win him? What happened? Yeah, it usually does get a little quiet in here. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Look at this. And we just, this is first session. So, hey, look at this in Joshua 24. This is a familiar passage. Every relationship that you have, you, you start thinking about this. You're single. You want to be married. Every relationship that you try to have will do one of two things. It will add to your life or take from your life. It will add to your life or take from it. My life adds to me. She adds to my life. I add a lot to hers. <laughs> you need to laugh. It either adds to your life or takes from your life. You're single and you want to get married and you're thinking about somebody. Are they going to add to your life or are they going to take from your life? Are they going to pull me out of the church, pull me out of the things of God? Or are they going to run with me? They're going to run with me in this race? Do they believe the same way? Do they, are we running together? Are they adding to my life? Are they going to take from my life? See, all these things, foundations address. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. What a scripture. Now look at this in Joshua 24. This is a very familiar passage. And I want to, well, we'll have to close here. It says, uh, verse uh, 25, or excuse me, verse 15. And it says, And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Look at this. But as for me and my house, as for me and my family, as for me and an individual, as for me and our marriage, we will what? We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I have somebody running a race with me that we're serving the Lord. As for me and my house, all my kids are in, well, Tiffany, she lives in Indianapolis, but my kids that, that are with me in Texas, they're both in the ministry. They're both thriving. Praise God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We had challenges raising our kids just like anybody else does. But you know what we kept doing? We brought them back to foundation. The foundation. What does the word say? The word soil, uh, excuse me, the word serve there means to toil. It means to work at it. So what is he saying? In other words, building your life, building your family, building your home, it's going to require work. You got to work at it. 
You got to work at communicating. You got to work at giving. You got to work at being sweet. You got to work at getting outside yourself and not being selfish, thinking about the other person more than you. What makes a great marriage great is making it great. Is working at it. Now I'm working at it like, oh my God, she's at work. I just meant me. Don't elbow nobody. I know you're sitting by. So baby, you some work, ain't you? No, I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about that right now. No, I'm not talking about I just simply meant it requires me to change. It requires me to make changes. It re- it's about me. It's not about her. It's about me. Because if, if I do all I can, and I am going to stop, but if I can do all I can to get my line in line with this word, I'm going to be nothing but a blessing to her life. And if she'll do everything she can to get her life in line with that word, she's going to be nothing but a blessing to my life. It will, it will, it will guide our decisions. It will guide, guide what we do and what we don't do. Amen? Because we agree that this is where we're going to start. And this is where we're going to end. And this is what's going to guide us. And when we have to repent, we'll repent. When we make a mistake, we'll make a change. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.